As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Sports are back. Save 40% now on The Athletic. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up for yourself to see the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash leaf report, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back, finally. And you won't want to miss the breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash leaf report for 40% off an annual subscription. We hope to see you there. I feel like the game just got away from us right from the start. I didn't like our game in the first period. I didn't like our game at one nothing. I didn't like our game at 2 nothing, 3 nothing. We just got what we deserved today. I thought we reverted back to a lot of really bad habits. We didn't have any real purpose or plan to our game today. We were just making up as we go along so we get what we deserve. Okay, James, that was Sheldon Keith, and wow. Um, that was unexpected when you are up 3 nothing game looks like it's over you and I were starting to think ahead to game four and then the inevitable of what's been inevitable at least in in past years happens like I just was not expecting that when they scored that third goal I was thinking man this is over Nick Robertson gets his first great story but then you could sort of feel it it coming right after that Um, what's like your big picture impression of game three yeah I was a little bit surprised that Keith was so down on his team given 
you know, they start 3-0, and not only that, but it seemed like they, they did a pretty decent job of controlling play. So I guess what he was seeing was just kind of some sloppiness and some lack of attention to detail that he didn't like and uh, some concern in that regard. And, you know, it felt like that first goal they got came way too easily. Like the Leafs were kind of just like, oh, whatever, we got three kind of thing. And then all of a sudden it's like they, they weren't really pushing. And, and then the second goal came pretty easily and then all of a sudden it's like and then and then it was like oh we only got one goal and there's lots of game left and it, it was right around when they started columbus started pressing for that second goal and they got it i was like all right <laughs> i guess i guess we're i guess we're doing this again i i guess i guess we're losing tonight so um you said we were planning for game four i mean that's we kind of plan throughout the game for what we're going to write and what's going to be next. And regardless of what's going on, usually at three, nothing, it's a pretty high percent chance that, uh, yeah, you can start planning something, especially when there's, you know, only half the game left, but, um, we've certainly seen this before. So that was, I don't know if I want to say that was the most disappointed I've seen Sheldon Keefe, but it was certainly right up there. And do you think that was, yeah, uh, he, he was, he was very frustrated. It was like the parent who's like beyond mad. Um, I was actually surprised though, James, like that at no point um, did he try to settle things down on the bench. Like I thought after the second goal, I thought like I was waiting for him to call a timeout because like you could just feel it. They were like on edge. Uh, and then even in the commercial break, I watched to see like if he did anything to kind of gather them in and, and address them. And he didn't. And he just kind of stood and kept quiet um they just could never seem to kind of get it back uh and and obviously you know they're missing jake muzz in that game they're missing him the rest of the series it was very clear in that game why he was missed like travis dermott moves up to play with justin hall that pair struggles but but it's not just it's not just muzz it's not just him yeah Yeah, that's that's like I see. I know what you're saying, and I think in you, you as you you had in your story, you're like, a, would it have been different with Muzzin there? I mean, maybe, but the fact that the Leafs can't, you yeah. know, rally and overcome the loss of. Well, you get know, a through nothing lead, James. You have to win, like you just do. Well, look how important that game is. Yeah, that's like a season-defining game. Like that can be your season, basically. Yeah. I mean, like now they can go into tonight's game, Friday's game, game four, and the Leafs could play lights out. But let's say Merz Leakins or Corpus Allo is amazing, and you can just lose. You can just lose one nothing, like you did game one, and like it's it's you've you've taken it out of your hands when it was in your hands. You know, you're up. Their chances of winning the series when you're up three nothing in game three, and you only got to win one more game, were incredibly high. And now they're down to, you know, what twenty five percent? I mean, they 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 just they they pretty well blew the series. It's gonna take, it's gonna take a lot to put out this Columbus team, and I I just am not sure that this this Leafs team has it in them. Like it just watching them all year, and how inconsistent they've been, and they just I don't know, they just don't. It just doesn't seem like this is this year they have it. Well, you wrote well about it um, as far as the season-long and, and years-long kind of issues of, the, of this kind. Um, and you, you hear them talk about 
you know, resiliency after the game. Mitch Marner brings it up that they've always shown a way of bouncing back. And I've always kind of had a little bit of trouble with that kind of idea because it's always like you're forgetting the part that you're consistently putting yourself in a position where you have to bounce back, like where you're having this game against the Penguins in February where it's like a no-show. And then you then you need to bounce back because like people are like, what's going on with this team? Or, or you, you lose have that three California in a row in California to three of the worst yeah, teams like, in so, the NHL. And it's like, oh, we bounced back. It's like, yeah, but yeah, you lost like, three and then you won one. And like you lost three well, to the worst teams in the league and you won one against a good team. Like it doesn't really yes. – it doesn't eliminate everything that happened. Well, Brian Burke, I never forget when he used to say this. He's he, I think he, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically would say – you don't get credit for digging yourself a hole or digging yourself out of a hole that you created. And and that's kind of what we've seen with this team where was he, they Was he talking these... about a hole that he created in the roster? No. Oh, okay. I just but I think it. it was basically I, I can't remember when he would have said it, but it was like they they would come back from I don't know, whatever it was, but that's what he said. Um wh- let me ask you this. What does I was thinking, um, you know, as we waited to talk to some of the players after uh, overtime, what does a good team, uh, a team like, I don't know, a Stanley Cup team do with a three nothing lead that the Leafs didn't do? Uh, they just they looked like a different team. Like they just looked really like it looked like it was like November again or something like there was just no urgency in the way they were playing. It was. It was almost like they were like, yeah, we got this. Like, we're we're so good. We're better than this team. We dominated them in game two. We're dominating them now. You know, we're going to win this game. We're going to win this series. It's almost like they're thinking about what's on the, like, the dinner menu at the Royal York already when it's like there's still 30 minutes left in the game. I don't know if, like, it just... I guess why I'm asking you, James, is like a, 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 a cup team... They get up three nothing. It's over. Like it's not even. It's not right. in question. The game is done. Well, there's and a reason why. Like, yeah, ninety eight percent of NHL games are decided at three nothing. Like it's it's very 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 rare that a team comes back. Well, and I don't know how to describe it, but like you could just feel that they felt yeah. a little too comfortable at three nothing. And then, like as soon as it was three two, then they were really tense. You know, it, yes. it was it was like they weren't trying hard enough and then when they realized that it was slipping away it was like you know cue the like clown car music and it's just like i don't know it's it's so weird it's like how can a team this good look this bad i've said this before too i remember saying this after i think it was the zamboni goalie game i was like i don't know how you fix this like if they keep doing this it's not like it's you know how you fix it or try boom goes the dynamite like i don't know like i, I guess you gotta Maybe. get different defensemen in here i mean but what i'm saying is i don't know I, I don't know the specific moves like it's not you know everyone made it sound like it was just mike babcock or you know you change the coach or i don't know like it's the the team's just like well you start to wonder if it's like a dna thing like if there's something yeah like why why does this keep happening you know what? Like I thought, watching the game was if they would have made that the the trade where they got Tyson Berry for someone who was more like Muzzin, like yes. if they had more than one guy like that, then that would have made a lot of sense. You know, like that, like they just they don't have enough. And I don't even think necessarily. And it was I thought it was really interesting what Tortorella said after the game. 
you know, Columbus, I believe, is actually younger than Toronto in terms of like average age. Like they've got a lot of really young young guys, and some of their best players in that game were really young. Mm-hmm. So it's a cop out to me to say the Leafs are young, and that's why this happens to them because it doesn't happen to every young team in the NHL, and the NHL's gotten you know ridiculously young over the last few years. But maybe it's more like a temperament and a stylistic thing that you know it's the same thing as you know God love the guy, but it's the same thing as moving on from Jake Gardner, who who would struggle in the big moments and big games. Um they don't seem to have enough guys that, that rise to the challenge. And, you know, you and I are both relatively confident that Jake Muzzin would have been able to do that. Um, but we're less so in some of the other players on the roster. Well, and I can't remember if I, I feel like I remember Brendan Shanahan saying at one point that how guys responded in, in these situations was important to him and to the organization. I think he said that at one point. Um, but like we've been we bang that drum a lot throughout the year like it goes back to that trade is really significant uh, you tr- you use your 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 best trade asset uh Nazem Kadri and you don't get a defenseman back that you can feel comfortable putting on the ice to protect a lead like i, I i'm starting to think about it differently like you almost need to think about situationally like is this a guy that i can play in the last 2 minutes of a playoff game when we've got a one goal lead and if not, like, is well, that the guy we want for this? Can this we play him in overtime of game five of a playoff series yes. where, you know, we're going to go down. It's going to become an elimination game after this. And we've already blown a 3 nothing lead. And Yes, 100%. Good point. And there's a turnover by a forward high in the I, – I, I don't know what play I'm describing, but I'd like – just like theoretically, can you play Tyson Berry in a situation like that? Well, and it, it's it's not that Tyson Berry is a bad player. He's not. He's a good player. He just has never kind of fit what they needed. And I was like thinking as I was watching the game and watching, you know, Keith manage the bench and Dave Haxtell manage the defense. And I was thinking like, who would I feel comfortable putting on the ice right now? Because like after you take off Morgan Riley, I if I'm them, I'm not really feeling all that comfortable. Like either I'm putting out... Dermot and Hall, you know, Hall's played against top lines, but this is his first NHL playoffs. Or I'm putting out Martin Marincin and Tyson Berry. Like I, well, and even with Riley, you're putting out Cody Ceci. Like, there's always just kind of a nerve factor there. Yeah, and part of the value in Muzzin is that he makes Hall look so much better. Like, it just seems like yes. they just, when they're together, they look, he, Hall looks so much more comfortable, and his job's probably just that much easier. Um, and Dermot, Dermot's not not the same impact as, as Muzzin. No. And, and I remember, I can't remember who said it, but I wrote a story at some point about Muzzin. And one of the points that this teammate made was that like, he, he shuts a lot of plays down before they even become plays. So you don't notice it as much. Like a guy is entering the zone and, and he's just there and knocks the puck away and it's over. Um, and so you don't, it doesn't become anything. Right. Um, and Travis Dermott looked like, what he is like he's a really young defenseman he's he's not played in that role a lot um to me he just looked like too frenetic like it was almost everything was moving too fast yeah he's like that little cat that's like chasing like a something yes. like he's just yeah yeah he's kind of looked like that you know even through training camp i you know i remember some of the scrimmage i that i came in and watched uh in person i thought he, he you know he was doing some weird like jukes and stuff like that and 
Yeah, I mean, it's, he's probably just got to calm his game down a little bit. Yes, like the, the exactly. thing with Dermot is that like, you really like some of the elements that he brings, and you really like. Sometimes he makes plays, and it's like, man, like other guys couldn't make that play, but you know, the combined package is, you know, the 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 pinch that he made probably wasn't the worst pinch on earth. It's just like it's like the timing. Like I, I believe it's a that tough was time of game, James. Yeah. That was three two, right? It's three two. Yeah. And how much time's left in the game? Ten minutes? Fifteen? Not a lot of time left in the game. And Kapanen does not read the play at all. You know, Kapanen would have had enough time to cover for him there, but he he makes a high risk play where he tries and like swats the puck and misses it, which I think was almost worse than what what Dermot did. And you know, the combined impact of neither of them being able to to read the play properly was was yeah it was uh there was only nine minutes left in the game when that goal was scored so not good yeah i guess that's the three three goal that that's not the that's the uh the dubois yeah. Yeah. goal that ties it yeah and, and I, I i it's funny how quotes like from players kind of stick out in your mind and i remember talking to, to morgan riley and one of the things he said just about being a young defenseman is like you feel like you have to go and put out every fire and one of the things like he kind of learned over time, and I think he, he mentioned learning from Ron Hainsey, is you don't. Like you, you, it's almost better to do less, and that kind of feels like part of the story um, with Dermot. So let's look ahead to um, to game four. I'd I'd like to ask you like what you expect, but like how can you say? How can you know <laughs> who can who can say which team is going to show up? Like I would not be surprised if they came out and looked like they yeah. did in game two. Well, but, like, yeah, who knows? They're they're going to come out. They're going to. It's going to be, you know what, I, I think it's going to be a really competitive, tight game, and it's going to be close, and I think the Leafs probably will play better, and, you know, if they lose, you'll say, well, if they would have done that the whole series, then maybe they wouldn't be here, and and if they win, it's like, you know, here we go again, what are we going to get for game five, and this, this team is probably the most unpredictable Leafs team that we've covered, don't you think? Like, it, like it felt like... Like Randy Carlisle, sometimes they would have good games, and but the kind of the essence of what they were, that team was still always there. Like even a lot of the games they would win, they would kind of they'd be outshot and they they'd get a couple surprise chances, and they were like consistently what they were. This this team is, I I don't know. like when when your own front office is calling you Jekyll and Hyde and immature and inconsistent yeah. and all of these things, like in press conferences. That's not good. It's 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 not good. But and I go back to what I said. Is that I mean, there's going to be lots of time for this if they lose this series. But it's not going to be easy to fix this because you can't you can't trade like eight guys or whatever. Like it's and you know there's going to be fans that say you know if they if they lose badly tonight in Game Four, fans are going to say oh blow it up or whatever. But like you're right. Like I don't even know how we talk about this game because I don't know what's going to happen. Like it's. It's a mystery. I guess one thing we can talk about is would you make any changes? But I don't know what change you make. Like just like putting Sandine in probably just it just feels like adding another wild card to like a deck of you know jokers. Like it's and I don't mean they're I don't mean the players are jokers. I mean like in a deck of cards there there are jokers. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that I don't I honestly don't expect them to make any changes. Um, even with the lines, I think all that stuff will stay the same. I think you're and right though. Like you look at the coaching staff and like they like the hand they've been dealt is that I'm not. 
people were blaming Keefe after the game for saying that quote about not having a plan or whatever. I'm not really sure. I mean, other than calling the timeout, I don't know. I don't know. Like the the deployment side, like it's not like there's problems with the lines or the the D pairs or which defenseman got minutes or like you know he can't bench three defensemen and when in a game a playoff game that's in overtime. Yeah, well, and he did use end up using Riley and CC as basically the top pair, but I was surprised that he didn't call a timeout just because that had become such a thing with him during the regular season, and it really felt like they needed a yeah. breath. Well, obviously um, they did. I, I think you said that right that when yeah. we, we were talking on the chat during the game, and you're like, "Why didn't he call a timeout?" But I don't know. I mean, would that have worked? Maybe he was thinking it would, like, it, I think as a coach, you think, is that going to just panic them more? Or are they going to be more concerned that it's unraveling? And Well, I, I just think you got you, you, you needed to do something to kind of settle things down. And you That's wonder, what like, what... Tortorella did that with the goalie poll, right, at 3 nothing. And, yes. and, you know, I don't know if you saw Tortorella's availability last night, but, you know, he said that it wasn't so much that Corpusello was terrible. It was kind of like, I just, like... You know, we needed a break. We needed, like, a reset. We needed to just kind of, like, do something. You know, yeah. not quite a timeout, but... And, uh, you know, it seemed to help Columbus. Well, and I, I just kept wondering, um, like, who's going to settle this down? Uh, and then, obviously, you know, in overtime, uh, I, I I wasn't sure why the Tavares line didn't change um, rather than attempt what they did, and then, obviously, it came back. Um, but, like, as far as Game 4... Um. Yeah, like it's it's really difficult to say which team you're going to get. I wouldn't be surprised if like if they came out and played really well, um, just because their backs, as they've talked about all year, yeah. against the wall. No, I think um, they probably will. Although, I mean, like <laughs> they could come out and just be terrible. I mean, we've seen. Well, that but you know too. what's funny, James? Like about that, I like. I don't want to totally just single out one player but like i was i just watched marner early in the game and and you could just see like he didn't he didn't have it and he was awesome in 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 game two and like and then game three just doesn't have it um and it's just like Marner's little stuff had like a season that. like that which like like consistency has been a tough thing for him for whatever reason and i don't yeah. i don't remember saying that in past years well and they get you know uh nick robertson gives him a boost on that third line that's like a positive going into game four like he's looking more and more comfortable yeah although you know what i didn't really like the i don't really like his line mates like i don't think that kapanen and kerfoot played very well in that game at all no like there's something wrong with that third line i mean at bare minimum that has to get rethought for next year well and that's a that's a big question i don't know what you do uh you've got kerfoot signed uh for three more years and you don't have another option internally at, at center. Um, I'm just looking at some of the underlying numbers. Yeah, that, that's one of the interesting parts of the game. Is like when it was three nothing, the underlying numbers were a joke. Like it was destruction. Right. And you looked at like the heat maps; they hadn't given up anything of, of substance. They were generating a lot in tight. Um, and and you know what? Like the other thing is like you need a save at some point too. Like Frederick Anderson gave off that same kind of nervous energy um that you you don't want um yeah so. see maybe you could see that in the building that was i didn't really pick that up on on tv you like you saw yeah. that early on or like when things were starting to come at them 
when things were starting to come undone. Right. Like before the game was well, the Jones goal that goes it. over his shoulder. I mean, he was probably down really early there, and yeah, it's a hell of a shot. Um, well, and and the question is like, where is the left winger? And like, I know right. you probably look at it and say, where is Kerfoot throwing the puck? But he's throwing the puck where someone's supposed to be. Yeah, but there was literally no one anywhere close to there. So well, but I don't he, know where the left winger there is. William Nylander. I don't know where he like. He's just floating in the middle. Maybe he's supposed to be there, but I just don't know why. There's no one on the board. But, but you also can't throw it blindly when nobody's there. Like there, he wasn't even under a lot of pressure, as far as I can remember that sequence. I think there was a guy on top of him, but yeah. So I would have just pulled it back behind the net or something if I was him. I mean, I'd have to look at it again. But I mean, like, so looking at the underlying numbers. The best Leafs were the fourth line and Marincin by by the yeah I didn't mind Marincin I know like he so, inspires nerves for at least social fans, media was, was carving him early in the game. Well, they were getting picked on. That was an interesting. That was like something we haven't touched on. Is is obviously the Jackets were the quote unquote home team, and you could see that Tortorello was trying to get his top line against Marincin and Barry um, early in the game, and they got hemmed in. Um, so I wonder, like, just looking ahead a little bit more to, to game four, I wonder if, uh, you die, you change up the ice time a little bit in, in this game. He, they kind of kept things pretty even for the defense in this game, which was a little surprising. Yeah. I I wonder if you just play the shit out of of Riley and bounce him around and and everything like that. Uh, He got 32 and a half minutes last night, but that's what a, a game that almost went four periods yeah that's the second intermission on the broadcast they were showing the defense ice time and how like it was very very even it, it was it was shockingly even that you know the third pair had played as yeah. much as the second pair basically i mean marinchin played 20 minutes barry 25 dermot 25 hall 27 cc 27 and then riley with 32 and a half yeah, yeah I think I'd kick it up for Riley. Yeah. I mean, you got to play him 30 at, at even strength. I mean, I, I thought that Riley played relatively well. I didn't see him making a lot of mistakes. Yeah, that pair has been fine the last um, yeah. couple games. Yeah, so. I mean, I think that that's the most you can expect out of CC probably, right? Like, Just don't beat – if I'm them, I'm thinking just don't beat me. Like, just, just make very simple plays when you can. Right. All right. Well, it sure it never is not interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It feels sometimes it feels like you're repeating yourself when you're talking about this team all the time. Sometimes it just feels like you're saying the same thing over and over again. And I don't know. It's like it'd be nice to have a new story to write. Listen, this is not what they want either. <laughs> no, I know, but like. We, you and I, don't have any control over any of this. We just kind of like watch it and try and make sense of what's going on. And I'm, I've been getting frustrated because it's hard to do. <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard to come up with like a take that makes sense about this team. You know, they're just like frustrating and like good and bad, and they're just like they just don't. They're they're not an elite NHL team. Like they're obviously not. I, I'm not even sure if they're a good NHL team. Like if you can't be that consistently then that's not what you are no well it was like Dubas said before the playoffs they're very talented but it's it's got to be more than talent like talent will only get you so far um so we will be back after 
game four. So check us out like Saturday morning. Um, and don't forget to rate and subscribe to Leaf Report on Apple. If you click on theathletic.com slash Leaf Report, you'll get 40% off a subscription if you haven't already got one. Uh, James, I will talk to you soon. And let's see what happens in game four. Who knows? Yeah, I'll see you at the rink. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>